We shall be looking into the Word of God as we continue speaking on the subject of mighty manifestations of the Spirit. I have been able to lay a foundation on this subject. I've made it very, very, very clear that there are 10 very important things that must be understood. Uh, if you haven't listened to this message, if you're joining us for the very first time, as I, uh, I saw you're basically hearing this for the first time, I want to encourage you to please go to our website, it's riveristanbul.com, and just listen to part one and part two, and this will be part three. We started looking at the revelation gifts of the Spirit. And uh, in actual fact, this is part four. This is part four. Sorry to say it's part three. It is part four. Because part one, I laid a foundation. I talked about 10 things that you must know. Part two, I talked about the, uh, the I began to talk about the revelation gifts and I talked about the gift of <coughs> the word of wisdom. And in part three, I talked about the gift of, no, sorry, part two, I talked about the gift of the word of knowledge. And part three, I talked about the gift of the word of wisdom. Today, I want to speak to you on the gift of discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. So I'd like for us to go to our foundational text in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read here from verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. Now, the word diversities right here means different kinds. So there are different kinds of gifts. That's very important. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. In other words, different kinds of gifts, but they all come from and by the same spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is, it is the same God who walks all in all. I'll look at verse 7, but the manifestation of the spirit. I like that. That is really what we are talking about, mighty manifestations of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we are looking at nine very important gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we can see that when these gifts manifest, it is the Holy Spirit that's manifesting. Can you see that? Or we can say it is the Holy Spirit that manifests these gifts. These gifts are manifested in our church by the will of the Spirit, not by the will of a man. We have been able to establish that what we must do is to get hungry that these gifts will begin to flow through us. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, or earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So what we must do to get ourselves ready, to put ourselves in the place where <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will use us in these gifts is to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And we know that these gifts are 
broken down into three segments. We have the power gifts, we have the revelation gifts, and we have the utterance gifts, and we have been looking at the revelation gifts. Today, we shall be looking at discerning of spirits, which is one of the three revelation gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the gifts that reveal something. Amen. So look at verse 7 again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, when these gifts manifest, we profit. So we understand that these gifts are given so that we might profit. These gifts are not given to take away from us. Rather, these gifts are given to cause us to increase, to add to us. Very important. So when these gifts are in manifestation, they are always in manifestation to help us. They are not in manifestation to judge and condemn and put us down. They are in manifestation to help us. So if anyone is speaking to you, let's say for instance by a gift of, by the gift of word of prophecy, then you, you've got to be encouraged when that word comes. But if the word comes and does not encourage you, rather discourages you, then it means it is not coming from the Lord. Very important. So as we can see here in verse 7, <coughs> excuse me, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. We have looked at the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. That's what we shall be looking at today. To another different kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Notice, the Holy Spirit is the one that's distributing these gifts to each of us as he wills. Therefore, don't ever look at somebody who's operating in the gifts of the Spirit and think that they are a, a special breed in the body of Christ. Don't look at those that are operating in the gifts of the Spirit and think to yourself that these ones are, you know, God's special forces. There's something special and different about them that you do not possess. Because that is not true. And that is what the enemy will want you to believe so that he will talk you out of believing and, 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 and pressing into God to see God use you in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe we are all very special before God because we are his children. Can someone say amen? Go to verse number 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, one body so, also in Christ, so also is Christ. So we can see that the body is one, but the body has many members. Uh, you use the human anatomy as an example. You can see that your physical body is one, but your physical body has got several members or many members. And each member plays a unique role. Each member plays a unique role, carries a unique responsibility. 
The Bible says that's exactly how we are in the body of Christ. We are not all called to do the same thing. So even as we speak along the lines of the gifts of the Spirit, it's important to understand that uh, we don't all operate in, um, uh, how do I say it? The Holy Spirit is the one who decides who operates in what. Very, very important. Can someone say amen? So let's begin to look at this discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is supernaturally seeing into the realm of the spirit and knowing the spirit behind a situation. Very important. Supernaturally seeing into the spirit realm and knowing the spirit behind the situation. Now, this is not discerning of devils. Now, I need to say that because some people think it's all about seeing devils, but no, it is not. Okay? When, the, this, when this gift is in operation, yes, it is possible to see demonic spirits. It is possible to perceive the spirit behind the situation. If you remember the case of the woman who was bent over for 18 years, when Jesus came into the place of worship and saw the woman bent over for 18 years, Jesus knew that the spirit behind this woman's case was the spirit of infirmity. Now I need you to understand that this woman may have gone to this place of worship many times. But you see, until the gift of discerning of spirits was in operation, nobody could help her. So when Jesus walked into the place, the gift of discerning of spirits kicked into uh, motion, and uh, kicked into operation, and by this gift, Jesus was able to detect the spirit Behind the woman's condition. You know, in medical science, praise God for medical science, but medical science basically looks at the signs. And when you go see a doctor, the doctor will ask you all kinds of questions, and he asks you these questions and runs all kinds of tests on you to detect what the problem is, but is doing that scientifically. There are cases where uh, a demon is responsible for the, uh, for the person's situation. But medical science cannot detect the spirit behind the case. And, and praise God for all kinds of sophisticated equipment that is used today in modern science. But all this sophisticated equipment cannot detect spirits. So there are cases where spirits are behind the situation. And if you don't have this gift in operation, you will not know what the case of the person is. Or you might know what the case is, but you may not have solution to it. So many have been taken to hospitals. They have run all kinds of diagnosis on them, but they have not been able to figure out why the person is the way they are. And all the tests will come out negative. Yet the person keeps suffering. And the reason why the person keeps suffering is because there is a spirit responsible 
for that situation. Medical science cannot detect that. Can you see what I'm saying? Medical science cannot figure that out. But when you operate in this gift, of course, by the Holy Spirit, you are able to discern the spirit that is behind the case. So this woman who came to a place, the place of worship was bent over for 18 years. The Bible tells us that she could not stand erect. Now, so many people in her family or people that saw her on the streets, people in the house of worship, may think to themselves that she was going through a medical situation. But when Jesus came and saw her, Jesus knew that this was not a medical situation. This was a spiritual situation. And what did Jesus do? The Bible tells us that Jesus cast the spirit of infirmity away from her. And when Jesus did that, the woman stood erect. She was not able to stand erect for 18 years. There's something I've said to you in the past about demons. I told you that they are very territorial spirits. When they possess a place, when they possess a person, they do not want to let go. So you need somebody with the power of God to come into the place and command them in the name of Jesus to loose their hold. Can someone shout amen? Praise God. So this is supernaturally seeing into the realm of the spirit and knowing the spirit behind a situation. It is discerning of spirits. It is not just discerning of devils. In actual fact, when I said that initially, I, I wanted to imply that a lot of people see devils all the time. Devils under their table, devils under their bed, devils, 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 devils. But we've got to also understand that there are things that are not done by devils, but these things are happening in your life because of the flesh. Show me the demon that is responsible for my financial predicament. Go and stand in front of a mirror and you will see the demon that is destroying your finance. Can somebody get what I'm saying this morning? Because a lot of times people tend to attribute things to the devil, but the devil is not directly involved. It is their greed. It is their flesh. It is their uh, indiscipline. It is their lack of management. It is the fact that they don't understand budgeting and how to budget their finance. That is the reason why they are in the mess that they are in. People run out and buy all kinds of things on credit. And they discover at the end of the day, they are not able to pay. And what do you expect? The banks are going to come calling. They're going to come knocking on your door. They're going to keep calling you on your phone and you can't sleep well. You are now under so much pressure, under so much stress. You wake up uh, discouraged. I mean, your whole day is a mess. Why? Because you've made bad choices. Every decision will produce a consequence. So sometimes you don't need to look too far. You don't need discerning of spirits to understand that it, it's an act of 
stupidity in some cases. Uh, it's an act of uh, ignorance in some cases that some of these things happen to people. No devil is involved. I heard the story of a man who said uh, he saw a dream. And he said in his dream he saw the devil and the devil was weeping. And the devil was weeping and praying and asking and telling God, why is it that everything these Christians do, they blame it on me? I am not responsible for some of the choices they make. That's a funny dream, but in actual fact, it is so true. The devil was weeping and telling God, I'm not responsible for the choices they make. The devil, of course, is responsible for some of the things that happen in people's lives, but honestly, he's not responsible for some of the things that people do. Are you listening to me? So, for those that are just seeing demons, devils, demons, spirits, and all of that, in everything that happens to them, I, I need to tell you to stop that because some things just require common sense. And I thought someone would say, Amen. Or you can say, Oh, me. Now, when discerning of spirits operates, you will know the spirit behind a situation. This is important. Even as a minister, one of the things I've learned to do is to, one of the things I'm still learning actually, I'll say I'm still learning to do this, it's not to just jump in and start praying over people's situations. People come to me and say, Pastor, there is something I'm dealing with or there is this situation in somebody's life or there is this situation in my life and sometimes we just jump in and begin to pray, Lord, do this, Lord, do that, come out, be free. We have to listen to the Spirit of God and we have to wait on the Lord to show us what is responsible for the situation. The Spirit behind the case. We've got to know how to uh, wait on God and ask Him to show us and it might take a couple of days. And if it takes a couple of days, praise God, then go to your private place of prayer and, and just wait on the Lord and ask Him to speak to you about the person's case. I've had a, a, a several, uh, a few cases where I did not have to pray. I knew instantly I did not have to pray. I had to hold back and I waited for the right time. And when you learn to wait for the right time, you will also know what to, what to do when the right time comes. You learn, you learn to wait, learn to wait on the Lord and learn to listen. And, 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 and by, the, by, by, the, by the will of the Spirit of God, the gift of discerning of spirits might kick in and you would know the spirit behind the situation. But sometimes we just jump in and begin to pray. You have to understand that until you know the spirit behind the situation, you may not be able to adequately deal with it. Just like I cited the example with medical doctors. They try everything they can and uh, they run all kinds of tests and diagnoses and they're not able to find out why the person is in the predicament. Uh, uh, and and they, they, they just don't know what to do because they don't know why all the medication they have given to the person hasn't worked. The person is still in that condition. Why? Because in most cases, there is a spirit, there is a devil behind it. And until that demon is discovered, I mean, if you know that when you study the Bible, there are names of different demonic spirits. Jesus dealt with the spirit of infirmity. 
Jesus dealt with unclean spirits. Jesus dealt with wicked spirits. Jesus dealt with the spirit of um, epilepsy. So there are different kinds of spirits in, in the world. And you have to understand that the spirit behind, I mean, think about the man who had legion. The name of the devil is legion. He said, my name is legion for we are many. See, that's the name of the spirit that invited other spirits into the life of that young man. It was this spirit legion that opened the door to other spirits to come in. He said, my name is legion. Notice the devil did not say our name is legion. He said, my name is legion. Are you listening to me? There are different spirits, spirits of, spirits of, uh, spirit of witchcraft. So you have to know the spirit behind the situation before you start dealing with it. Spirit of Python. Amen. In Luke chapter 13. I refer to that again. That's where Jesus saw the woman who was bent over for 18 years. In Acts chapter 16. In Philippi. Paul deals with a young lady who had the spirit of divination. Those who used the, this young lady to make money, I mean, you can go read it in your own, in your spare time. Day after day, this young lady would come after Paul and his companions, and she kept saying, listen to these men, for they are, the men, for they are men of God that have brought us good news. Now, this young lady was stating the fact. This young lady was stating the fact. Now, the, the fact that she was stating the fact does not mean she was operating by the Spirit of God. That is why the Bible tells us that we must test every spirit to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test all spirits. Very important that we are able to test all spirits. And this is something that every one of you need to learn. So the question now is, Pastor Godwill, how can I test all spirits? Number one, you test spirits by the word of God. Nobody should come up to you and tell you that the Lord has given them a new revelation that is not in the Bible. Nobody should come up to you and tell you that the Lord gave them a dream that is not scriptural. If the Lord gives you a dream, your dream must line up to the word of God. If it does not line up with the word of God, then it is not from God. I don't care who appeared to you. I don't care who you saw. The Bible says we must be very careful because even uh, the devil appears as an angel of light. If you think that the devil will appear to you with, uh, with a pitchfork and, 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 and two horns and a dragon tail breathing out fire, uh, then you have no idea of, of how the devil operates. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. So he's not going to appear to you as a, as a fire-breathing dragon with two horns and a, and a pitchfork and, and, and a long tail. No, he will appear to people as an angel of light. In many cases, he will not even appear to you. He will use people. Are you listening to me? So we must be very, very uh, knowledgeable when it comes to the word of God. Because if you don't know the word for yourself, you will be easily deceived. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about the great falling away that will happen in these last days. And so you don't want to be amongst those that will be deceived uh, because the spirit of deception and the spirit of the Antichrist has been released upon the earth. So we have to know the word of God for ourselves so that nobody will come up to us and say, the Lord said, and then you swallow that thing, line, hook, and sinker because you don't know the word. So number one way to test every spirit is by the word of God. So let's say you have a dream or you have a vision or you see a spirit. And the spirit is beginning to tell you to do something. You need to question that spirit and ask that spirit to show you in the Bible what he is telling you to do. And I'm a strong believer in, in asking God or asking whoever is speaking to you to show you in the new covenant. Because we are new covenant believers. We don't live in the Old Testament. We live in the New Testament. So if you would not find two, three places in the Bible in the New Covenant that, prom that, that confirms the dream you saw, then I will encourage you to put it on the shelf or really throw it out the window. Can someone say amen? Can someone say praise God? So here is this young lady. She kept coming after Paul and his men. And she kept saying, these are holy men of God that have been sent to bring us good news. So she was speaking, she was speaking fact, but she was not speaking by the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? So don't let people deceive you with what appears to be scriptural, but it is not. You see, that is the spirit of deception right there. And that's exactly what Satan tried to do. When he tempted Jesus, he said, the Bible says he took him to the pinnacle of the temple and he said, jump down for it is written. Notice, even the devil was trying to quote scriptures. Jump down for it is written that he shall give his angels charge over thee. Yes, it is written in Psalm 91, he shall give his angels charge over thee, but it does not say jump down. So notice the devil added jump down to that verse. The devil added jump down to that verse. There is nowhere in the Bible where it says jump down for he shall give his angels charge over you. But it does say he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up so that you don't dash your foot against the stone. But it does not say jump down. So Jesus understood the tricks of the devil. Don't forget, we are not ignorant of the tactics or the schemes or the maneuvers or the tricks of the devil. We shouldn't be ignorant. And the reason why a lot of people are ignorant is because they have no knowledge of the word of God. When you are pushed against the wall, what needs to come out of you is the truth. And that's the word of God. When you squeeze an orange, the juice comes out. When you squeeze lemon, the juice comes out. When you squeeze the tube of a paste, the paste comes out. Come on now, say amen. So when you are squeezed, when the devil tries to put pressure on you, what will come out of you is the word of the living God. Can someone say amen? So what did Jesus do? Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because you see, Jesus knew that if he jumped down, he was tempting God. In actual fact, he was putting himself 
in a place where God would not rescue him because God did not say jump down. Right? I like the way the Amplified Version puts it in Psalm 91. It says, He will give His angels charge over you in all your ways of obedience and service. I like that. In all your ways of obedience and service. In all your ways of obedience and service. In all your ways of obedience and service. Very important. Maybe I have to stress that so that you get it. Because people make dumb decisions and expect God to rescue them. Don't put yourself in arm's way. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that a wise man seeth evil coming and he avoids it. But the simple man or the man who does not have wisdom seeth evil coming and he stands in the front of it or stands in front of it and he is destroyed. Are you listening to me? So there is wisdom that must be applied in our daily living. Can someone shout amen? So anyway, the girl in Acts 16, she kept declaring these are holy men of God. They've been sent to reach us. These are holy men of God. They've been sent to reach us. She just kept saying it. She just kept saying it. And the Bible says it happened for many, many days. Many days. Notice the first day, the second day, the third day. Paul did not do anything about it. Do you know why? Because the first few days, Paul did not have this discerning spirit in operation. Notice I told you that these spirits or these gifts, I'm sorry, they manifest as the spirit of God wills, not as we will. Now for many days, Paul did not do anything about it. He kept hearing this girl declare over them, but he did not really know the girl was speaking by uh, the spirit of divination. Right? He didn't know because if he knew, he would have dealt, dealt with it the first day. The Bible said, says to us that this happened for many days. And then Paul was grieved in his spirit. Aha! Uh -huh. The gift of discerning of spirit just kicked in. And when it kicked into Paul, Paul could see that it is the spirit of divination that was in control of this young lady, not the spirit of God. Even though it seemed as if she was speaking by the spirit of God. Test every spirit. Test every spirit whether they are of God. So number one way to test is by the word of God. Number two way to test is by what? The sensitivity of the spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I believe it's verse 14, that the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So when somebody is speaking by the Holy Ghost, your spirit, the spirit of God on the inside of you will accept that word. But if they are not speaking by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God in you will reject that word. That is the reason why you must be praying in tongues regularly to keep your own human spirit sensitive to the Holy Ghost. So that when people come with error, you will pick it up. And when people come with the truth, you will pick it up. Can someone say amen? Over here at the church, I endeavor to teach you the word. I endeavor to put the word in you because I am certain when I put the word on the inside of you, you will not be deceived. You can go out there and listen to people preach. You can go out there and even... You may not even know the preacher. You sit there, but as you sit there, you, you are going to begin to pick up stuff in your spirit about what he's saying if what he's saying is contrary to the word of God. And the devil is very subtle. You must know that. He does not outrightly come out to say, yes, worship me, serve me. He doesn't do that most of the time. He comes in a subtle way. So that's why 
We need to be uh, knowledgeable when it comes to the Word of God, and we need to be sensitive in our spirits to the Holy Ghost. That's why praying in tongues is so very important. Can someone say amen? So when Paul picked up that this girl was not speaking by the Spirit of God, but by the Spirit of divination, Paul told the Spirit of divination to come out of her. And the Spirit came out of her, and he basically ruined the business of the men who were using her to make money. Look at Acts chapter 12. Turn with me to Acts chapter 12. We're going to read from verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now, Herod had arrested James and killed him. And the Jews were happy because of what Herod did to James. So he went further to arrest Peter. So that's the background to the story. So Peter was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Verse 6, and when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. <clears throat> and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Now, this is something supernatural happening to Peter right now. But this is discerning of spirits. Verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. Now, don't forget, there were soldiers protecting or guarding Peter, actually. They were there to make sure that he does not escape. But when this angel showed up, the chains fell off his feet, and the, the angel was there, and the angel said to Peter, put on your coat, put on your shoes. And the men were there, and they didn't see the angel, but Peter was seeing the angel. I am sure that those men froze. They froze. There was nothing they could do about it because a great light came into that prison, and the power of the supernatural, of the supernatural God came into that place and the froze. Supernatural deliverance right here. Watch verse 9. So he went out and followed him. So Peter is following this angel. And watch this, watch it, I like this. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. <laughs> okay. He thought he was seeing a vision. Now, this is the highest form of vision. This is happening. His physical senses were awake, and this angel appeared to him. Of course, you know that he couldn't be seeing this angel with his naked eyes. Of course, he was seeing this angel by the gift of discerning of spirits. I had a similar thing happen to me uh, in the year 97 in the month of February. Notice, it says here that it did not know that what was done by the angel was real. This was real. This was happening. February, on a Tuesday, 1997, I was lying in bed, and suddenly the Lord Jesus appeared to me. And he sat on my left hand side, and I, I could look into his face. I saw he was wearing a white garment. I saw his head up down to his shoulders. 
and I struck up a conversation. But this is what I need you to know. While Jesus was there in the room with me, everything, I tell you, it was vivid. I, I saw the bed on which we sat, the blue bed spread. I saw the bed over on the other side. I saw the clothes hanging. I saw the ironing board. I saw the door separating two rooms while Jesus was there. And this is exactly what's happening. A similar situation happening to Peter here where the Bible says to us, notice what the Bible says, that Peter did not know that this thing that was done was real. This thing that was done in 1997, month of February on a Tuesday, done to me, it was real. But I thought it was a dream. I thought I was seeing a vision. That's exactly what's up, what was happening to Peter here. It is discerning of spirits. Because when this spirit kicks in, or when this gift, I'm sorry, kicks in, you can, you can see Jesus. Right? You can see angels. You can see demons. Yes, you can see demons. Uh, you can see the Holy Spirit. Th think about John, the author of the book of Revelation. When he talked about, I saw the seven spirits of God. Of course, you know the seven spirits of God is in reference to the Holy Spirit. You can read that in the book of Isaiah chapter 11. The seven spirits of God referring to the Holy Spirit. So John saw the Holy Spirit. You can see angels. But you see, like I said to you, we cannot decide to see angels on our own. I can't decide to see Jesus anytime I want to. And to be honest with you, that day, that day uh, in the month of February 97, I was not thinking of seeing Jesus, to be honest with you. But when he was sitting there with me in that room, everything was vivid. Everything was vivid. The bed spread. I, can, I mean, even as I talk about it right now, I can still remember vividly how it happened. <clears throat> Blue bed spread. The bed over on the other side, um, the clothes hanging, the ironing board, everything was vivid. Amen. I'm not, going, I'm not going into details. But it was an amazing, amazing encounter that has changed my life forever. So verse 9 says that Peter did not know that this thing that was done was real. But he thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, supernaturally. And they went out and went down on one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, watch this now. Remember when I told you of the trance I saw when I was talking about the gift of the word of knowledge? I told I saw a trance, I fell into a trance, and it lasted for about one to five seconds. And I came back to myself, and I told my friend who was sitting beside me, do not go to Greece, stay here, God's going to bless you. Notice I use this term also. I came to myself. The Bible says here, when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, and from the expectation of the Jewish people. So all, all the while, as Peter was walking out of prison with this angel, Peter thought he was seeing a vision. It was happening physically, but Peter thought he was seeing a vision. This is, this is amazing. There are encounters in the spirit 
that will change your life forever. And I am very, very, uh, how do I say it? I'm very, there are people I listen to and they, they, they minister to me. I feel I'm connected to them. I feel as if they are my family members in the spirit. I feel as if they're family members in the spirit because uh, they've had encounters that, that I cherish because my life has also been a life of encounters with God. And I say it with all humility, but to the glory of God. I mean, encounter after encounter. I mean, by the grace of God, I mean, I just told the story of Jesus appearing to me uh, in 97. That was not the only time. In the month of November 97, he appeared to me again. In the month of November, he didn't really say a lot, but he said these words to me. He said, I am satisfied with you. And that carried me. I just felt that I was washed by those words. I am satisfied with you. Totally washed. I mean, such a boldness arose on the inside of me. Such courage to face the future. And this was in 97. February. I mean, November. The first was in February. The second was in November. Praise God. Amen. So we see right here how Peter thought to himself he was seeing a, seeing a vision, but he wasn't seeing a vision. Like I said, also, you can see into the spirit and see the spirit behind, your, the demonic spirit behind the situation that you're going through or that you're dealing with. When my wife and I just got married, we had a misunderstanding which we were not able to resolve. So we went to bed with it without dealing with it. Now I counsel with people that want to get married and I encourage them to look at each other and make this promise. You might say make a vow, but make this, make this promise to your wife or your husband-to-be. I will ask them to tell I'll say, hey, look at her and tell her, we will, I will never go to bed without resolving our problems. Because when you're married, man, I mean, you, you go through some times where you have misunderstandings and you might even quarrel. But don't ever go to bed with it. The Bible talks about not giving a foothold to the devil into your life. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not give a foothold to the devil. I've had so many people during counseling say this, but even when they get married, I, I suppose when something comes up, they totally forget they made a promise. They will not go to bed with the grudge. They will not go to bed with the anger. They will deal with it. They totally forget. Now, when your flesh is in manifestation, you totally ignore the Holy Spirit. That's a fact. You totally ignore the word of God. You totally ignore everything that you've learned because your flesh has taken over you. And that's the reason why I also said, remember I said in the beginning of this message that some things are not the devil. Some things is, some things is just your flesh in manifestation. But if you continue to yield to that flesh, it's going to open the door to the devil. So listen to my story. My wife and I had this misunderstanding. I remember it vividly even as I talk about it, but I don't remember what we 
had the fight about. But I remember we couldn't resolve it, so we went to bed. And while we were in bed, my eyes were opened. The sunning of spirit is when your eyes are opened to see the spirit behind the situation. In this case, my eyes were opened to see. Don't forget, like I said we were in bed sleeping. This was around 2, 3 a.m., I suppose. And my eyes were opened, and I could see in our bedroom at the time, I saw a demon spirit standing at the foot of the bed and looking at both of us. The this spirit was dressed in black. And I knew in my spirit that this is the spirit of strife. Don't forget I told you when I started this message that there are different spirits with different names. It's important to also know the spirit behind the situation so that you can deal with the spirit adequately because when you deal with the spirit adequately, the problem will be resolved. So I looked at this demon of strife standing right at the foot of our bed. My wife was fast asleep. <clears throat> standing at the foot of our bed. And I began to call out the name of Jesus against the spirit. And as I continued calling out the name of Jesus, it took a while. I don't know how long, but it took a while, and then the spirit left the house, disappeared. And then I came to the realization that my wife and I, because we, we could not put our flesh under, we had opened the door to a demonic spirit into our home. I need you to know that you can open. I preach this stuff, and people sometimes, maybe they get, I believe people get it, but you need to get it. You can open the door to demonic spirits into your life fact you can open the door to evil spirits into your family into your marriage into your health by the things you allow by the things you practice by the things you do when the spirit of god is warning you to stop and you refuse to stop you might cross a line of no return this this message should put the fear of god in you you might cross a line of no return. If you get nothing from what I'm telling you today, get this. You might cross a line of no return. Some have crossed. I'm telling you, you cross that line. You may never be able to come back. You may never regain your mind. Yes, your spirit will be saved. Your spirit will go to heaven when you die. <clears throat> but you may never re regain your mind. You may never regain your health. Oh, Pastor God, are you saying God will not heal me? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, there are places you get into in the spirit, in the demonic, where, you know, Jesus said, this kind goeth not out except by prayer and fasting. And you, you would need a man of God. You would need a woman of God. That is, I'm telling you, there are levels, there are levels and depths of the anointing. You will have to, you will need a man of God that carries that authority to set you free. So I began to call out the name of Jesus and this, the spirit of strife left the house. I told my wife about it. You don't need to talk too much. We, we reconciled quickly. We reconciled quickly. And those of you that are married, you're always fighting. You're always spending days without talking to your spouse. You are opening the door to this spirit into your family. And they don't just come to, listen, the thief cometh not but to steal and kill and destroy. They don't come to drink tea or coffee with you. They, they may not, listen, 
they, they're going to affect you. They're going to also affect your children. The lives of your children are at stake. So when you're making choices, don't just think about yourself. Consider your children. Because five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, your children might be suffering because of what you've done. And when I say, I tell you, and I'm not saying the sin or the father will come upon the son. If the son or the, ch or the, ch or the daughter uh, uh, makes up uh, and reconciles with God and, 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 and walks in holiness and purity and all of that, you know, it will not affect them. But you need to know that when your children are innocent, that they are under your custody. When they know nothing, they are under your care. So the decisions you make affects them. I'm sure you got that. And I'll finish with this. The Lord opened my eyes to see angels also. And I've told this to Pastor Corey. This was years ago. I saw a dream. This was a dream, of course. I saw a dream. And I saw all these angels helping us in the harvest of souls here in this nation. Now, the angels that I saw were like men. Okay? But I knew they were angels. Right? Think about when the Lord and two angels came to Abraham. The Bible says Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw three men coming. But of course, you know, they were not men. But they looked like men. That's why when you study the subject of angels, you discover that when angels appeared to men, in many cases, they did not appear with wings. They appeared as men. Come on, say amen. So Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw three men coming. That's what about, read it in your Bible, it says three men. It does not say three angels. But you know, two were angels, one was God, one was the Lord. And so when I saw these angels, they didn't look like angels, like, you know, the typical understanding of, that people have about angels. They had no wings, but I knew these were angels. And that's the gift of the sunning of spirits. And the Lord said to me in my spirit, the Holy Ghost said, that the angels that I saw have been sent to help us with the harvest of souls in this nation. They are not pre going to preach the gospel. Of course, they're not going to preach because angels are not, uh, have not been given the preaching of the gospel. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation, not angels. But angels are going to help us by talking to the Turkish people supernaturally and sending them to us. And we are the ones who preach the good news to them. And you know the scripture the Lord gave me? Don't forget I told you that you must judge these visions and dreams and things by the word of God, correct? The Lord gave me the book of Acts chapter 10. An angel of the Lord appeared to Cornelius. The angel did not preach to Cornelius, but the angel said, your prayers and your arms giving have come up to God as a memorial. Now send men to Joppa to call on Simon, who is in the house of uh, to call on Peter, who is, in the who is in the house of Simon the Tanner, and tell him to come, and he will tell you what you need to do. So the angel did not preach, but the angel told him who to go to. That's exactly what the Lord told me. That the angels are not going to preach, but they are going to send the people to us, and we will preach the gospel to them. And when Peter came to the house of, si uh, of uh, Cornelius, what happened? 
Peter preached the gospel and Cornelius and his entire family got saved. 